0: about this morning, God started convicting my heart about my lack of reverence, respect, love, for I have for the Word of God. Now, that was thought, I came up with that because I saw an example of people totally disregarding respect for this book, and we'll get into that in a minute, but that got me thinking, like, Wow. Yeah, I'm not up here to preach about this group of people that disrespected God's Word. I don't want that to be the motivation for this lesson. I need to look at my own life and say, wow, I need to grow in my respect, my love for the Word of God. So we're going to start in 2 Thessalonians 2, 1. We'll turn there and then we'll pray. 2 Thessalonians 2, and verse 1. Let's pray. Father, I do thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for your goodness to us or your faithfulness to teach us, to try to mold us into what you would have us to be. Lord, the Christians, Lord, help us to take that seriously, that we are your, um, your ambassadors here on this earth. We are here to make you... Look good, Lord. You are good, Lord. Forgive us for when we, or forgive me for when I try to hide the light or try to blend in to this world. Lord, as I see, would you help us or give us boldness today, Lord, fill our hearts with praise Lord, as we praise you today? I pray in Jesus' name, Amen. The Bible talks about a great falling away in the latter days. Along with that. People losing a respect, a love for the Word of God. Let's read here verse one. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as that as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. In order for the masses of people on earth to follow another God, what do they have to first do? Reject the true and living God. And is that what we see in our country, in our world? Yeah, the masses are rejecting God. And sadly, there's some churches that seem to be rejecting God. At times, maybe not all the time. But when we bring idols into our own life, exalting things above God in our life, giving things that should not be priorities in our life, too much time and attention, that's bringing idols into our life, rejecting God, Uh, verse two, says that ye be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. God does not want us to be shaken. Why? Because Jesus will return. Let's go to Second Peter, Second Peter three, three. Second Peter 3, verses 3 and 4. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last day of scoffers, walking after their own lusts and saying, Where is the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. There's people like this. They're like, God doesn't care what I do. I haven't seen God in my life, people say. Well, maybe God hasn't showed up in their life. Yes, the heavens declare the glory of God, We all can see God's goodness around us. God's good to the just. God's good to the unjust. We can all see God. But it's easy for someone to walk through this life and totally reject God and convince their minds that they've never seen God. They've never seen God act in their life. They've never seen God do anything for them. What does the Bible tell us to do? Seek, and you shall find. But they have not done that. But it says here, there's going to become scoffers walking after their own lust, saying, where's the promise of his coming? You Christians, you say that Jesus is coming back. I haven't seen him. You say you haven't seen him come back? Huh? It ain't true. But we rejoice in the fact that we believe Jesus will come back, and he will. Um, All right, so I'll get into what I saw last night that got me thinking about this topic. How many of you watched the Super Bowl? I watched, I don't know, maybe three plays of it. I'm not preaching against the Super Bowl. I don't, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I don't, I'm not a huge football fan. That's your thing. I don't care, but I saw this. There was this church in Ohio. How many of you saw that? They had a big Super Bowl Sunday. They got together in the meeting and said, you know what? All these people, they're not coming to church on Super Bowl Sunday. How do we fix this? How do we get people into the church. So they came up with this plan. It wasn't just this year. I guess they did something last year, a big big Super Bowl thing where they had all the pastors dress up. And, well, one was a ref. Then they had three pastors on one team and then three on the other. They were wearing jerseys and all this. They had a big, on their platform, they had the yard lines and they were they were basically going to make a Super Bowl service. Uh, I forget what they exactly call it a Super Bowl preaching or whatever. Now in between they did have spiritual messages and such. Um, My personal opinion is we should not make a worldly game. I'm not saying it's a sinful game. But we shouldn't bring a worldly game into the church to be the focus of our service. A time where we're supposed to be focusing on what? God. Um... The pastor says here in this article, we believe the church can and should be fun. How many of you are having fun today? We should enjoy it, yes. But fun in the sense of, we're having a good time, we're all excited because of the football? No. No. Um, Ohio mega church pastor kicks Bible off stage during Super Bowl Sunday service. That's the title of this. And I saw the video last night, and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. So during this time when they're doing all their stuff and, can I say, playing their game, one of the pastors, well, they had a coin toss like they do in football games or something, however they do that. And then one of the pastors was going to receive the thing they were kicking, and the other pastor was going to kick it. So they're on stage, and one pastor, well, the ref or somebody, not the ref, another player, was holding the football but what do they have as a football? A Bible. They had a Bible wrapped like it was a football. The binding, they had the, the white lines and such. And I saw this, I like, you've got to be kidding me. Really? Why did you choose the Bible out of all things? So this pastor, a lady pastor, get that, comes up and kicks the football, and it goes up into the crowd. The Bible. Now, to me, that's whether they realize it or not, that is disdain for the Word of God in some sense. That's so wrong, so wrong. Um, it goes on to say, pastors with such and such a church in Cincinnati, a multi-site interdenominational church that boasts a weekly congregation of roughly 34,000 amongst their different places, punted a copy of the Bible as part of its Super Bowl of Preaching series. Um, It also said, Today you are tuning in for a church service that is unlike any other, said Rader. Disclaimer, it has little to nothing to do with actual football or the Super Bowl. So when people come into this place, they're saying, You know what? This is going to be a service like you've never seen before. But by the way, it has little to nothing to do with football. Like, really? Oh, whatever. Claim what you want to. We'll believe what we want to. But no matter what you believe, you're going to laugh. Is that the purpose of church? No, I'm afraid not. I'm afraid not. He goes on to say You're going to experience hilarious commercials filled with middle school humor, really great music, and some old fashioned smack talk, he said. But secondly, we believe that there are spiritual truths and realities that we can draw out from sports and that's what each of our teachers are going to be doing today i don't need to say much more about this you all know what's going on this should not be the focus of our church service and again what got me thinking about this was today our churches specifically our mega churches the respect for the word of god where is it it ain't there so sad, so sad. On their Facebook page, those looking into this, they were advertising it before, like they are advertising this thing like months before it actually happened on their Facebook page. They were saying it's wild, it's silly, and it's church. Just unbelievable, isn't it? Uh, kind of sickening. But I think that's what God's talking about when he says in the last days there's going to be a falling away. That's part of it. People are losing their respect for the Word of God, and I'm like, man, in my life, am I losing that? Am I losing a reverence, a love, a sincere passion to promote this book? Now, it's God's, it's God's job, can we say, to preserve it? He's going to do that. He has it taken care of. We don't need to work on preserving it. We need to defend it, defend the Word of God as we believe is true. But yeah. What a shame. We go to Second Corinthians six. Second Corinthians six verse fourteen. Read through verse seventeen. It says, Be ye not unequally yoked, excuse me. Together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? In what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? In what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? There it is. They should not be together. For ye are the temple, the living God, as God hath said, I will dwell in him and walk in him, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate." saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. God is calling us out to be separate. There's some things we need to separate ourselves from to come into the house of God to worship. There's some things we don't need to bring into the house of God. Um, God's word is to be treated with the highest regard. Let's go to John 1.1 real quickly. John 1.1, 1, 1. in order to gain a respect for the word of God, we need to remember what it is. The Bible says here, John, John, John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Um, we get to know God through His Word. Let's go to 1 Peter 1. 1 Peter 1 and verse 23. Read through verse 25, the end of the chapter there. It says, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. The word of God does not change. John John. John. 1.1 John, John 1, 1 said, In the beginning was who? The Word. And the Word was God. And it says here, verse 25, But the Word of the Lord endureth forever. God's Word does not change. We should not change God's Word. Um, the same Word will judge us. John chapter 12. Let's go there. John 12, verse 44. John 12 and verse 44, it says, Jesus cried and said, He that believeth on me, believeth not on me, but on him that sent me. And he that seeth me, seeth him that sent me. I am come a light into the world, that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. Verse 47, And if any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not. For I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. The word shall judge us, the word shall judge. Verse 49, For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me. He gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his commandment is life everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, Even as the Father said unto me, so I speak. Verse 48, the word that I have spoken. That shall judge a man. Um, Looking at the devil's plan to discredit the Bible. Does the Bible like the devil? (laughs) Does the devil like the Bible? No. No, he doesn't. Is Is the devil... The devil? Cunning? Yeah, he is. I believe he's figured out a way to get people that say they love the Bible to not respect the Word of God. Therefore, when we don't respect the Word of God, do we want to obey it? If you don't respect your parents, do you want to obey them? No. No, there's times in every, there's times in every child's life where he doesn't like his parents. Why? Because he doesn't want to obey them. You doesn't respect them. But when you grow to respect them, you then should have a desire to obey them. The devil does not want us to obey God. Obey the Bible. As Christians, we need to learn to recognize what's from God and what's from Satan, what God is promoting and what Satan is promoting. Let's go to Revelation 22. Revelation 22, verse 18 The pastor reads this passage often, verses 18 through 20. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. If any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. He which testify these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so come, Lord Jesus. Does God like people messing with His Word, the Bible? Does God like people taking stuff out, picking and choosing? No. God divinely put these books together, I believe, to give us the truth so we could meet Him, we could know Christ. And God pronounces a curse upon those that take away or add to from the Word of God. Um, all the devil has to convince us is that God is not coming for you. Let's go to Exodus 32. Exodus 32. If you have confidence in Christ, you're not going to obey the devil. You're not going to follow what the devil wants you to do. If you have confidence that God has a plan for your life, you're going to follow God. You're going to listen to God. But if you lose all hope, saying, oh, I'm going to give up on God, well, you're opening yourself up to a multitude of, quite frankly, demons to convince you to do certain things. Exodus 32, 1 through 4 says, And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, Up, make us gods, which shall go. Before us, for as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we wot not what is become of him. And Aaron said unto them, Break off the golden earrings, which are in the ears of your wives, of your sons, and of your daughters, and bring them unto me. And all the people break off the golden earrings, which were in their ears, and brought them unto Aaron. And he received them at their hand, and fashioned it with a graving tool, after he had made it, into a, mul- made it a molten calf." And they said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. Idolatry in its purest, can I say, quickest form. They went from following Moses, God leading Moses, the people following Moses, to all of a sudden, you know, let's make gods. We need somebody to worship. Why? Why did they so quickly? Verse 1 says, And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount. Don't lose your faith. Don't lose your faith in God. God's going to come. Be it in your day, or your children's, or your grandchildren's, God has promised to come. I believe, we all believe it to be very soon. Very soon. Leave, man, leave mankind alone for long enough, and they will reject God. That's why it's so important. That's why I'm so thankful for so many leaders in my life. Think about it. Where would we be If we didn't have pastors, faithful pastors, and parents and teachers to keep us on the right track, the children of Israel here—it was about days. They didn't see their leader, and right, right, right—they go right into the wrong way. Uh, Revelation two, verse four. What is the church? need to do today? What does each of us individually need to do if we find error in our ways? Revelation 2 verse 4 says, Nevertheless I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Verse 5, Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, and repent and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except Thou repent. The key is the beginning of verse 5. It said, remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen. time we fall or go off course, go off course from which the way God wants us to do things, to believe, what do we need to do? We need to remember, all right, what is my faith built upon? We need to run back to Christ, run back to what we believed before, as long as it was right. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works. Go back to loving Christ. Go back to making sure our relationship with Christ is there. And then it said, I will come unto thee quickly, and remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. We need to make sure we have a relationship with God. Uh, 1 1 Thessalonians 1. Verse 9. 1 Thessalonians 1, verse 9 and 10. says, For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Amen. Jesus, our deliverer. But notice verse 9. This is our testimony. It should be. For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how ye turned to God from idols. That's what America needs to do. We need to say, Lord, forgive us for putting things in the church where it's not supposed to be, in our lives where it's not supposed to be. Turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God. Um, It's okay to be different. God wants, as the Bible says, a peculiar people. How many of us like to be different, though? I don't. How many of us like to be around the world, people that curse and swear Do we want to be different? Do we want to say, hey, I don't talk like that? No. We want to blend in. Yes, we keep quiet. We don't do these things, Lord willing. But it's still a struggle in us. Um, The goal is not to be different. If our goal is to be different and show off to the world saying, hey, I don't do that stuff, man. God told me, Not to do it; therefore, you shouldn't too as well. No, we don't want to approach it in pride. God wants true holiness. That should be our motivation for living a holy life. First Peter one. Let's go there. First Peter one, verse thirteen. First Peter one, verse thirteen through fifteen. Says, wherefore gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashion yourselves according to the former lusts and your ignorance. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. God wants us to be holy. Now we're all going to struggle with different things in regards to holiness. It mentioned one of my struggles here. Um, Verse 13, Wherefore, grip loins your mind. And then those next two words, be sober. I have a really hard time being sober, controlling my thoughts, and then what comes out through the mouth. Man, I struggle with that. We all have our different struggles. Um, But the goal is to be holy for who's holy? God's holy. We are to picture Christ in his holiness. Let's go to Galatians 2. Galatians 2 and verse 20. It says here, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Our flesh should be crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Who? How? If we're dead, how do we live? Through Christ. That's what this verse is saying. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. That's the truth. If you're a child of God, Christ liveth in you. He's given you all the power. He's given me all the power. If we but... Crucify the flesh. Not in the literal sense, physically, but dying to ourselves and heeding to what God wants us to do. Uh, let's go to John fifteen. John fifteen seventeen. John fifteen seventeen through twenty-one says, these, these things I command you, that you love one another. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you are of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of this world, therefore the world hateth you. Um, if we are reaching the world for trying to minister, to evangelize to this world through our own pride, our own selfishness and conceit, um, people might hate us for a good reason. But if we're coming to them with love, and if they still hate you, they're not hating you. They're hating the one you're representing, God. Uh, verse uh, yes, 20. Remember the word that I said unto you, The servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. Verse 21. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake because they know not him that sent me. They don't know your God. How are they going to respect your God if they don't really know him? So keep on keeping on. Our motivation is not to make others feel ashamed, but to make Christ look good. That's true holiness. It's okay to be different. We don't have to be weird, though some of us are. You can't help us sometimes, right? Now, let's close with John 17. John 17, verse 14 through 17. It says here, I have given them thy word, and the word hath hated them because they are in the world. Sorry. I need to read correctly. Pastor's going to get on me for teaching the wrong doctrine here. And the world hath hated them because they are not of the world even as I am not of the world. I pray not that, they shouldest, that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. That's what we need to take away from all of this. this is what it boils down to. In reverencing and giving a true respect and love to the word of God, We need to read God's Word and let it sanctify us. Let God speak to us. Let God cleanse us. Is that easy to do? No, it takes humility. It's a struggle for all of us. A day by day, a minute by minute, a moment by moment struggle. This is God's desire, that we would sanctify them, that we would be sanctified through God's truth. What is truth? The Word of God. Yeah, this, this nation needs it in a desperate way. But what can we do? Can we, can we help everybody out there? Yes, one by one. But we must start with ourselves. Let's pray. Father, I do thank You. Lord, I thank You for coming to this earth, dying on that cross, showing us what kind of lives You desire us to live. Lives of servitude. Lord, forgive me for being so selfish at times. <clears throat> Lord, so much of the time, just thinking about my own self, I just ask that you would give each one of us today a special love for your word, that we would reverence it and we would obey it ultimately, that we would obey you. Lord, you promised if we seek you, we will find you. Lord, I do pray for this nation this morning. Lord, we do love this place. We love the people in this land. Lord, I just ask that you would work in hearts, that people would come to realize who God really is. Lord, you're not a God that doesn't care about how we live. You're a God that wants us to be a picture of your holiness. Lord, I just ask that you would just be with us in the rest of this day. Lord, that you would bring people into this house, Lord, possibly that are not right with you, that are not saved, that people would be able to come unto the truth today. Lord, again, we just ask that you would help us today as we desire to lift your name up. Lord, your name is holy. And we looked at that, how you are the beginning. Lord, your word will remain unto the end. Lord, we just praise your day. Thank you for your goodness to us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.